All right, I think we're all getting tired of COVID. I, I don't hear anyone else saying it should be longer. Uh, we're tired of talking about it. Um, we all have experienced some serious loss in one way or another during this time. One of the less serious things we've all, or some of us have experienced, is being interrupted at work. For those of you that work in an office setting or uh, if you're a teacher, you've had to get used to working from home, using video conferencing, and uh, sometimes you get interrupted at work. Uh, more often than not, it might be a family member interrupting you at work or interrupting your coworkers. And there's a moment there where you're not devaluing that person in your family or saying you're kicking them out of your life, but it's like, in this moment, right now, daddy's got work to do. Like, we can, this is not the time. Um, I say that because in this passage we're going to look at today, Jesus gets interrupted in the middle of his work day. There's going to be tension between him and his family. And we get this quick and interesting image of a day in the life of Jesus. And as we look at it, I hope that we can find ways in which we can draw nearer to the Lord. So uh, we're going to be in Matthew 12, but before we look at the word, would you pray with me? Oh, Lord, thank you for your church. Lord, thank you for knitting us together like a family that we can gather in your name and praise the name of Jesus to come before you and say, Lord, we need your help a little bit. We need you to walk with us. Oh, God, would you do that? Draw near to us and just, you know, bind up our hearts, Lord. Take it and seal it for that courts above and just be with us as we walk through this world. Equip us this day, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so uh, Matthew 12, verses 46 through 50 is where we're going to be this morning. Uh, before we dive right into any chapter or page in the Bible, I think it's helpful to give context, so let's do that. Jesus ministered for about three years, and this is probably within the first year of his ministry. It's early. People are learning who Jesus is. Jesus would go from town to town healing people that were hurt, um, doing mir- miraculous signs, and then teaching about the kingdom of heaven. And because of what he was doing and how life-shattering it was, word about him would spread ahead of him. So he's coming into a town. You can imagine they're waiting for him to come, and he arrives. He would do various things, like he would teach in synagogues, and he did that and, and earlier in chapter 12. And now we can figure out the setting he's in. Matthew 13, verse 1, helps us. It says, that same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat behind, beside the sea. So we we know that the setting he is in right now is he's crowded into a house surrounded by people. So that's the setting. Jesus is in town, crowded in this house. Let's read Matthew 12, 46 to 50. While Jesus was still speaking to the people, behold, his mother and his brothers stood outside asking to speak to him. But he replied to the man who told him, Who is my mother and who are my brothers? And stretching out his hands towards his disciples, he said, Here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. In 2013, uh, I was working in Fells Point in Baltimore 
Uh, and that was the year the Ravens won the Super Bowl. And I think it was the following Thursday when the Ravens came back to town and there was a parade that went through the streets of Baltimore and there was a couple empty cubicles on that day. Uh, some people magically got sick on that day. And you, you might know that similar feeling. Maybe it's a, your favorite musical act is coming. Or maybe it's a child's play, but one of those children is a niece or uh, your child or your grandchild. And so you, you go and you enter into this room and you're just ready with expectation to take whatever comes. I don't think that's entirely different than what's happening here. It was probably no cover charge or no tickets, but it captures the feeling. These people living oppressed lives, if you study biblical history, it was not easy being in Judea under Roman rule. Man, what hope is in the name of Jesus? And these people, they felt it. They crowded into this modest home, probably had a dirt floor. And this is probably going to be the most memorable experience of their lives, getting to hear Jesus face-to-face. However, on the outside, just on the other side of the wall, there's a perception in Jesus' family that what was outside of the house was more important than what was inside. I caught Pastor Julian's sermon from two weeks ago. He talked about his first job and his manager and just this thought that the manager would call and say, hey, I need you to show up on Monday, and the audacity of that. <laughs> you know, this family is interrupting somebody in the middle of their workday, and it's Jesus. <laughs> the audacity to interrupt him. He's talking about the kingdom. So does everybody appreciate Jesus' teachings? Unfortunately, the answer is no. Does everyone value the gathering of believers in the church? No. And early in Jesus' ministry, at this point, even Jesus' family were not yet believers. They were still wrestling with it in their hearts. An interesting verse is uh, Mark chapter 3, verse 21. When Jesus begins his ministry with the 12 disciples, it says, And when Jesus' family heard it, they went out to seize him, for they were saying, He is out of his mind. That's Mark three twenty-one. It's very interesting. The Son of God is teaching about the kingdom, but his family, did, they didn't believe immediately. So some people just need uh, more time to consider Jesus, and that's okay. We can be patient with them. We can be kind to them. In verse 46, uh, Jesus' family are not thinking uh, that they are opposing him. In the same way that a child interrupting a Zoom call is not opposing you and your work, they're actually trying to draw near to Jesus They're calling to him. They want him near, but it doesn't work. Uh, Jesus is not sitting around waiting for us to call on him. (laughs) In Matthew 12, um, he is teaching eager listeners about the kingdom of heaven. God is not bored waiting for us to make his life interesting. Everybody else is crammed in. They want nothing more than to hear the Lord's teachings come into their hearts. That's what's happening on the inside. And then on the outside, Jesus' family is there. They want Jesus to draw near to them. And he's not making himself available to them. We should all long in our hearts for this nearness to Jesus. But in this short Bible passage, 
gives us some help to show us how to do it and how not to do it. So before we get into it, like, this is preaching for God's family. We are God's family by grace. No one earns it. So I don't want anybody to hear this word and say, oh man, I'm never going to have a chance. I'm not a son or daughter. You are a son or daughter by grace. It's Christ's work alone that allows us into the family. Jesus' mothers and brothers were thinking about an earthly family. As biological family, they wanted his presence and his attention, and they were going to do it by leveraging their relationship to gain access. And this is not how it works. Jesus shows us that. So the first thing we can realize is we cannot leverage our history and our status to get Jesus' attention. I can't really blame them, right? Because they watched him grow up from a baby. And they're saying, you know, Jesus, because in our younger years, we had so much closeness. We were so close to you back then. Like, why are you pulling away now? And life is moving forward. Jesus' kingdom is expanding, yet they wanted it to be the way that it always was. They're thinking, surely Jesus doesn't love and value these strangers and those students in that room more than us because we have so much history together and these family ties that are so important to us. I can hear him saying from outside, hey, make sure you tell him it's not just anybody out here. It's, it's his mother. It's his, it's his brothers. I'm going to count to ten. <laughs> They're saying because of who we are, Jesus, you draw near to us. But Jesus is doing the will of his Father, and he's near to those who are doing the same. Um, we read the parallel passage today in Scripture. I'll read another one. I think we read from Mark. Let's read from Matthew ten thirty-seven. Whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. This is a harsh teaching if you're Jesus' mother, Jesus' brothers. But this is life for us. Because I'm not a blood relative of Mary and Joseph. But I get to be a son uh, because of the Lord. So the commentary, what it says is, Jesus is putting into practice what he taught his disciples in Matthew ten thirty seven, that even the most important earthly ties cannot be allowed to stand in the way of loyalty to the kingship of God. It is a matter of priorities. So instead, the way we can draw near to Jesus is to realize that our past history with Jesus does not give us the right to his time and attention. The kingdom of heaven is moving forward, and he's calling us to keep in step with him. Jesus is not forgetting and forsaking his family. His brother James is going to call him Lord. He's going to write a book of the Bible. But what he's doing is he's making it clear that he is doing a great work. He's building a new family, a heavenly family, a family that supersedes all earthly families. So instead of saying, Jesus, remember all I did for you? Remember how close we used to be? Why don't you come out here? We can say, Jesus, thank you for making me your sister or your brother. I want to be near you. So I will do your will today and every day. Sustain me. Help me. Help me to do that, Lord. I can personally testify that uh, during those times in life when I have actively pursued the Lord in faith, life generally didn't get easier. Those were hard times, but I felt a closeness to the Lord. 
So that's point number one, that we draw near to Jesus by keeping in step with him daily, not by leveraging our pasts. Another way, wrong way that we could draw near to Jesus is to think this way, to say Jesus needs to know about what's important, what's out here, outside of the gathering of believers, outside of his teachings and outside of the church. This world has all sorts of ideas about what is important, and then they come with expectations that they put on the church. This world has a complete disregard for the will of God and sees the church as just another organization. So there's this constant push from the outside asking the church to conform to the patterns of this world. The world doesn't see church as family. And that what is important in the room is that we are family. Jesus, I think his, fa- his biological family was important to him, but what was more important was what was happening in the room. I think that was special to him on that day. I think what's happening in this room right here in Wilmington is special to him. We will always have outside concerns to discuss and evaluate. The church will always have questions we need to bring before the Lord. But we must have a mindset that these outside voices and these expectations are less important than the will of the Father. And that is that we love each other and we spread the gospel to a broken world. What's important is that we're family. So be on guard for those voices that tell the church what it ought to do. Remember that some, not all, but some of those voices are frustrated with the church. They're against church leaders and they oppose God himself. And they're not concerned with the kingdom. This is a way for us to check ourselves before we send that email, the click send to Pastor Dwayne. (laughs) Am I committed to the will of the Father? Or am I just coming with some expectation or opinion that I think is more important than what Jesus is doing? Sometimes we need a heart check like that. Remember, Jesus' mom and his brothers had no ill will on that day. They weren't against the kingdom of heaven. But Jesus uses it as a teaching moment. And in the same way, when we, as, as Christians, when we hurt one another, it's not because we have ill will. It's probably just because we have priorities and expectations and opinions that are not in line with the kingdom. So let's check ourselves, and when we do get hurt, let's, uh, let's ask for forgiveness and forgive one another. So how ought we to draw near to the Lord? This is not a COVID statement. I know that some of you have to check a box at work that says you didn't go to a gathering like this, or you have at-risk loved ones. So, but it's in the words. Let's remember this for when COVID ends. How we draw near to the Lord is to gather with his people, with our brothers and sisters. Let's remember that this family of God's church supersedes our earthly families. We have to come with a kingdom priority. That while there are important things going on outside of the church, and we bring those in, we have to believe that and know that, we make a decision to draw near to Jesus, to commit to being in the room. Hebrews 10, 24 through 25 puts it this way. Let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another. Love, good works, meeting together, and encouraging one another. In verse 50, uh, Jesus says, 
for whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. So the barrier between us and the Lord might be a matter of the will. This is as simple to understand as it is difficult. What is my will? Jesus, on his last day, prayed, Lord, not my will, but yours be done. And I get the sense that that was a hard prayer to pray. When Jesus told his disciples how to pray, he said, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. As if we need these earthly, daily reminders. A daily decision of faith to seek God's will instead of our own. I mean, I remember times in my life when I was praying fervent prayers, crying out to God, 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 why don't you see it my way? Help me, Lord, don't you see me? And those prayers were so self-centered, and that was probably part of the reason why I felt so distant from the Lord. That's a path of frustration, I think. But this is the, the good news. If we do his will if we continue on steadfastly, if we love our neighbors, and if we step out in faith when the Lord asks us to, instead of praying our doubts, we will be actively walking by faith. That is the will of the Father. That's what brothers and sisters of Christ do. I've reserved a couple minutes to share about family and mothers, but let's just recap how we can draw near to the Lord. How do we do it? How do we choose to be on the inside, not on the outside? We, we draw near to Jesus by keeping in step with him daily, not by leveraging the past. The kingdom of heaven is moving forward. Let us actively follow after him. Secondly, we draw near to Jesus when we commit to being in the room with our brothers and sisters. What is outside cannot rule in our hearts. Our heavenly family supersedes those external divisions. Third, we draw near to Jesus by saying, not my will, but yours, Lord. I know I'm not the only one that needs help with this one. Let's ask the Lord to take our selfishness. Purify me, Lord. Here's my heart, Lord. Take and seal it. Keep me close, Lord. The word is a double-edged sword. So this, there's a word here for those of you who are outside, those of you that are far from the Lord. You've got work to do. Draw near. Draw near to the Lord, please. And then there's a word for those of you who are inside. That's sweet. That's a good word. That's grace to you. That says your family. When we draw near to the Lord as brothers and sisters and as mothers, we are not doing it as orphans. We're not doing it like we're interrupting his work. Jesus is lifting the church, the family of God, above earthly families. And it's interesting to me that here he says, those in the room are my brothers and sisters, but also my mothers. I can't give a whole teaching on women in the Bible here, but as an aspiring minister, I have a lot of interest in the subject. Just I want to know what Jesus means. What is this title of mother in a spiritual sense? I don't know about you all, but when I was born, I was a baby. Anybody else? Anybody else? I'm not alone. I needed my mother every hour. She was preserving my life. She was life to me. But then there's this path towards independence. And, and now it's different. Like, I'm independent. I don't need my mom anymore to give me life. But however I feel, 
now that I need her to encourage me, to care for me. I need mothers in my life. And I believe that Jesus, in his time of ministry here, is at that point of maturity. He doesn't need a mother to sustain his life, but what he needs is women to care for him, and he allows them to do that. And he values the mothers that he sees, if you look at his ministry. So I don't have a systematic teaching, but I have an anecdote. There's an elderly woman at the Hokesson campus, and when she sees me, she smiles. She tells me she's still worshiping Jesus. She tells me she's glad to see me, worship, to see me serving the Lord. And every once in a while, she slides me a $10 bill to give my spiritual grandchildren some pizza. And now there's that immature masculinity in me that says, I can provide for my kids. I don't, I don't need this. But I hear the Lord saying, John, do not withhold this from her. She is caring for you. Let her do this. Honor her like your own mother. And for this elderly woman, I don't think she's ready to go yet. I don't think she's ready because she's got work to do. She is a mother in the body of Christ. So this is by no means a teaching of what all Christian women should do. But from the word, I want to encourage you that if God has given you a mother's heart, a mother's hands, a mother's speech, do not let anything hinder you from serving the Lord. We need mothers in this church, and we need to honor the mothers in this church. Remember what he said. You know, if, if you would never had a biological child of your own, remember this passage. Jesus' mother Mary is outside of the wall, and he says, no, you, you, you in this room, you are my mothers if you do the will of my Father who's in heaven. Let's prepare to worship, and we'll just read it one more time. Matthew twelve forty six to 50. While he was speaking to the people, behold, his mother and his brothers stood outside asking to speak to him. But he replied to the man who told him, Who is my mother and who are my brothers? And stretching out his hand towards his disciples, he said, Here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother.